Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 35, Finding Joy in Social Media with Joe Johnson Overby. Seems like the right kind of title for Joe. She is an absolute delight. You must be living under a rock if you don't know who she is on TikTok, or maybe she's uh, just so specialized to my For You page that I get to see all of her great content. She was an absolute pleasure to speak with, and we talk about how TikTok is such a unique beast when it comes to social media, and also how to find joy in what you do, in sharing your life, striking the balance between how personal is too personal, how to create community, how to connect with people online. All around, great interview. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media minded entrepreneurs. And you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. So excited to have Joe Johnson Overby as a special guest on the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. We just went live on Instagram and talked about TikTok. We talked about core values. We talked about, uh, you know, kind of owning it and owning your authenticity and not being distracted by what everybody else has got going on, which we're also going to dive into the podcast. But first and foremost, please introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and who you help. All right. Hello. I am Joe. I am a content creator and photographer and podcast host located in Northwest Arkansas, which is kind of random. And my goal as a content creator is to bring just lots of light and joy and connection to a community. But I come from the wedding industry. I have a degree in business. Um, I promote a lot of business help, things like that. Um, trying to help creatives become better business people. And I also have a podcast about positive thinking and living a fulfilled life with my best friend. Heck yeah. I don't know what else I do. Those are the things I do. <laughs> lots of things. Lots of things. I just had to make a video last week on my Instagram, my IGTV showing like my own mental organization chart of like, here's me, here's my business. Here's all my offerings. But then there's me, the public speaker and the entrepreneur. And like, I think that's really common now that people really, if you love what you do, it kind of bleeds into all the things that you do. I completely agree. Yeah. Cause you've got a lot of stuff going on. You've got presets, you've got stuff going on with online education. You have your TikTok, your Instagram. There's a, a bunch, like you were hosting workshops for a while pre COVID, right? Yes. And I am currently just this week got started on hopefully taking that online and having an online version. And so I, I'm hoping to do them again in person, obviously, once we can do that again safely, just a lot of people from all over wanting to travel in and it's just not the safest with current circumstances. But um, yeah, teaching workshops, photography education, business education, but then also doing a lot of speaking just on confidence and things like that for young women. I, I don't know, I, I feel like I have a couple different things that really I'm passionate about and I'm trying to keep my hands in every single cookie jar. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, exactly. And we talked about this with your TikTok and I want to talk on TikTok as well. But I think if I could sum up your content, I'll take it over this time. I threw it to you first time. Like, hey, sum up your content in three words. And when I think of your content specifically, I think happy, inspirational, and educational. Definitely as like three very big categories for the Joe Johnson Overby social presence. And it's just kind of this moment of like, I don't know. I think when I describe your content, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, I feel like we're friends. Like you, you have this relatability that's really natural. It doesn't come off as forced. And it feels like you just genuinely enjoy doing what you're doing. So whatever you got going, keep doing it. <laughs> I love people. I love people. So I think that that shows in what I do. Yes, absolutely. But let's talk about your TikTok come up story for lack of a better term, how you started on the platform. Cause there's maybe someone who's listening. Who's like, Ugh, I'm on it, but I don't know what the heck to post. And then to where you are now. So we touched on this a little before. I started on Musical.ly back before it was the company was bought and rebranded as TikTok. I was not posting when it was Musical.ly. I was just taking the content in. And I really enjoyed it. And from a business perspective, could see, I was like, this is where things are going. I don't know when, but I think this is going to be a really big thing in um, the coming years. And so then it rebranded as TikTok. And I was watching how the younger generation was starting to utilize it in all new ways. It was no longer lip syncing. Now people are dancing and okay, now creatives are starting to hop on and do something completely different. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start just throwing up some random videos, see what happens. And in January of 2020, I think time's really hard for me, uh, especially the last year. I'm like, what year is it? What's happening? January of 2020, I had my first video go viral to me at the time, I actually have a video of my co-host for my podcast, Caroline. We weren't doing the podcast at the time. She was working as my assistant and we're sitting at my kitchen table and she had come in that morning and been like, I have a video going viral on TikTok. And I had been trying for like three months and it was at like 15,000 views. It was a video of her with a chipmunk from when we were in Colorado a few months previous. And I was so mad because I've been on this app for months. I've been trying to figure out what makes it tick. And she's like, just throw up a random video from your life. And I said, okay. So I put up a video of my, one of my best friends telling me she was pregnant at my wedding. And it's a great, it's an emotional video. I'm super shocked. I'm really excited. Uh, her husband's in the Air Force. So she wasn't even going to get to see me until her baby shower months and months later down the road. And so it was just exciting and fun. I put that up and there is a video of me checking the TikTok an hour later and it has 6,400 views. And I look at Caroline, I was like, I've made it. I'm famous. We've, we've done it. We're viral. Yeah. So funny. That video ended up getting like four and a half million views. And it was my first people coming over to my platform. And I just was like, all right, let's create. This is fun. And a few months later, I started bringing my husband into my content. We started sharing our personal life. And then I started doing some photography tips here and there. And TikTok was never a cohesive, like planned brand for me. I was just having a good time. Very similar. I think when I first started posting on TikTok too, I showed my sister, she's 17. I was like, oh my gosh, look, I got 200,000 views. And she's like, don't talk to me until you have 2 million likes. And I was like, are you, shit, okay, like, damn. Um, because it's so different coming from Instagram metrics. I think yes. that's what's so confusing when you're first on TikTok, because not only are you seeing a for you page of a bunch of stuff that you don't know why the heck you're seeing it because it hasn't, you know, customized the algorithm for you, but the metrics feel more like the only way I can describe it is like the difference between dollars and pesos. 
Like they're both money, but it, there's a different calculation of what it perceives to be a, a metric, right? Likes versus comments versus shares versus there's, they're all still those things, but it's weighted differently. Does that make sense? Well, I think it's because on Instagram, when somebody's liking your content, likely that person liking it already follows you and is engaged with your brand. And so even if you're getting less likes, they are very um, translatable likes. Uh, it's very translatable to business. If somebody's liking my content and commenting on my content, they know who I am, they follow me, and they're invested. Right. Whereas TikTok, um, there's the For You page, which there is Explore on Instagram, but people don't utilize it the same way that they utilize the For You page on TikTok. So you're getting this wide array of people that have maybe never seen your videos before. They relate to one video, they like it, and then they never see you again. Yep. And they're not invested in your brand. And so there is that variable that's extremely different. And I think that you'll see that a lot if you look at big TikTok creators. You can look at see and see people who have 4 million followers who have 150,000 followers on Instagram. How well are they translating that across platforms in order to create a community? Completely. Oh my gosh, completely agree. And the beauty of that is you don't need a lot of followers to get a lot of visibility on TikTok. I helped my friends about this time last year. She's a fine artist painter and she also paints murals and she painted this rainbow mural in her friend's house. And I said, okay, we're going to set it to somewhere over the rainbow and get this up with the right kind of hashtags and like start doing engagement. And within 24 hours, she had 5 million views. So she was like, like her mind was blown, right? So it's just crazy how just one thing can tip in the right way with the right combination of stuff and like give you high visibility. For my brand, what was happening is I was just sharing my portfolio work. And the best part about it was someone who, and my best clients that came from TikTok last year, they're like, I've been looking for a brand designer forever. And I go on Instagram and I get overwhelmed because everybody offers different things. Everybody's prices are different. Everybody's style is different. I couldn't wade through the market saturation on Instagram. But then I came on TikTok and your video came up on my For You page and I knew I had to work with you immediately. Well, and I think in design, it's really hard to tell whether people actually know what they're doing or not. Yes. Yes. Because there's a difference between being, I'm a horrible graphic designer. So let me just start with that. <laughs> horrible. But I have the background of like, I can't create, but I can look at something and tell you whether it's following rules of design and doing the things that it should in order to lead the eye and can't make it. Don't ask me to, I will pay great money every day for somebody who is talented because it takes a very special kind of human just like you. Um, but it's really easy to fake that and to recreate other designs that are out there. It's really hard to find somebody who has the education and the background and the know-how and to truly trust someone, I think. Yeah, completely, completely. And I think the the tipping point for the way that I've displayed my content is like, you can share like glossy images all day long, right? Like same with you with photography, but there's so much value in showing the process. And I think any creative person, like I saw this quote recently where it's like the, um, the prize shouldn't be the final product. It should be the creation, like the process work. Like that's like reward yourself for doing the process because that's really where you're going to grow. Right. So I kind of take that approach as well. But I think with my videos, I always like to point out like, here's the logo, but here's why it rocks for this brand, not for anybody, not for everybody, but specific to this client, specific to this brand. Like, let's talk exactly why this works. And when you show what you do, people can better say, oh, well, if you can do that for them, can you do that for me? 
And then that sparks that conversation, which you do as well with your like photography tips. What are your kind of thoughts on, on that approach to TikTok or marketing in general? Kind of um, creating content around showing what you know, instead of just showing the final product. I think it's wildly important because I think that showing the process gives you credibility and it shows what you know as a human being and it shows what you're going to be like to work with. And I think that's a thing a lot of people miss is it's not just about giving a good product. It's about the process and being a joy to work with because it's not just the end. It's not just the photos. And, and that's really important. Don't get me wrong. But when I was doing wedding photography full time, my favorite compliment that I would get is a few months later running into one of my couples at another wedding and having the groom or the bride walk up to me and say, you know, one of our favorite memories from our wedding day is when you did X and we have to share this with you. And when we talk about our wedding, we talk about that. Right. And that has nothing to do with to the do final with the product of their photos. <laughs> no, it, it has to do with the experience. And I think that's what you get to do with social media by taking people along for the process. You want people to hire you for who you are and value you for who you are and what you do, not just what you give them at the end. Completely. And that dovetails so nicely into this conversation of like authenticity and coming from a place of being really strong in your values, but also setting boundaries. So let's kind of get into that. Let's talk about how you approach your own content, which I would say borders more towards like lifestyle content, relatable, um, day in the life, girl next door. Like, I think I called you my Instagram caption, like the TikTok sweetheart, because that's how I think I view you. <laughs> it's just like that's happy, fun, so nice. like just just relatable, right? Like somebody who I would want to be friends with, right? And to communicate that online is is does take a special skill as well. So what are your pieces of advice for someone who's trying to figure out what is my voice on social? I think it's time to sit down and have the thought process of who am I and what do I want to bring to people? I think we spend way too much time thinking, what do people want to see from me? And what do other people want me to be? And while those things can be helpful if put in the context of who am I and what do I like, what would you like from who I am? But if you don't know who you are yet, letting yourself be guided by what other people want can just leave you kind of muddy and lost. Yep. So really sitting down whenever people ask me, like, what are your best tips for growing social media, growing online, things like that? I always say, what's your goal? Do you want to benefit financially? Like, do you want to create a profitable business? Do you want to create a nonprofit? Do you want to fundraise? Do you want to advocate? What's your goal? Right. And if you start there, then you can set really specific parameters to what you're going to bring to the table. And then you can share, because for me, I'm kind of all over the map with what I'm sharing. I'm sharing photography. I'm sharing business. I'm sharing personal finance. I'm sharing just my husband and I being goofballs. But it all is posted with the same intent. Sure. I don't know if that answered the question at all. It did. It did. Because I think, I think what the, the trap that I think young entrepreneurs or even just young people in general fall into social media is what you're saying is like, what does everyone want from me? Like this kind of taking the position of like, just because somebody asked for it doesn't mean you have to make it for them. And like giving yourself permission to say this aligns, this doesn't align. And the more you can stick to what aligns, the better and happier you're going to be, right? Then it's not a chore to post on Instagram. It's not, it doesn't feel like taxing to come up with a TikTok idea because you like it. 
Yes. You know? I think one of the hardest boundaries for me to have put up in the past and something that still, there's some things online that I feel like I'm kind of triggered by. Nobody's attempting to be mean or anything like that. I think we all have things like this, but something that I'm really, really like, that will make me pop off. It's yeah. not online, but you know, in person with my friends, it's when somebody says, I've looked through your stuff. Why haven't you provided this for me yet? Yep. And I, I get so angry and I think it's really easy as a new entrepreneur and a new business owner to go, Oh, why haven't I provided that yet? And then you're scrambling to try and create this free content for people. But why? Yeah. Your responsibility and your value is as a person, isn't to create free content for people. Yes. And you don't have to teach them everything, you know, that's an awesome thing you can do. And it's wonderful. But anybody that's coming on to be like, I had somebody the other day comment on things and say, all I'm seeing is pregnancy content. Can you not share anything else? I'm like, well, I am pregnant right now. <laughs> you know, um, I'm six months into my pregnancy. So, I, you know, you can go back in my content. And they're like, well, I did. I couldn't find anything. And I'm like, well, four months ago, I wasn't pregnant. And so I promise there's other content here. And that person didn't mean anything negative sure. by that. They were just seeking out what was helpful to them and a community for them. And I, I love that. And so remembering that didn't say anything about, I, I tend to take it really personally. And I was like, oh, so people don't want me to be pregnant now? Should I just like quit, yeah. you know? Yeah, right. Um, no, it's so crazy too, because I've also been like pretty political on my page as well. And I know that that's an area that can get pretty dodgy, but I think anytime that there's a political conversation is a great time to talk about your values. And so I pivoted that conversation completely. And my advice to brands and to my clients and to social, like through the election, through inauguration day was like, this is a great time to talk about what makes your, like, what's at the core of your business? Like what's at the core of how you treat people or dignity and respect and love and acceptance and all of these things, which to me, don't feel political, but it, it can kind of toe that line. And then, of course, then come the trolls, too. So <laughs> it shouldn't be, right? It shouldn't be. And I I stay assured that it shouldn't be. But it's, it's a tough thing. And I, this year, it's been really hard. I've been bullied. I don't necessarily, like, publicly be like, I'm on this side of things. I have very strong takes and I celebrated inauguration day and I am a strong advocate for human rights across the board. Um, and to me, that's not political. And I have no problem taking that stand because it's not, to me, it's just not. Exactly. And I don't connect it to that. But I think I really want my platform to still feel like a place that's inclusive for everybody because I think people who have a different perspective than me, who have grown up in different environments than me, the only way that they're going to be exposed to other things is by following along people that don't make them feel isolated or called out. Right. Absolutely. And so that's been a fine line this year. And it's been really tough. Absolutely. And there's so many conversations that happen yes. in the DMs. They happen privately. They happen in your household, in my household, with my friends, with my peers that like, there's no way to even publicly, and there shouldn't be any way to publicly broadcast that kind of stuff. But when somebody does DM, I think you and I must take a similar approach where it's like, I still look at you at the end of the day as a member of my community. Yes. And I want to make sure you feel heard. Yes. Even if I disagree, I still want to come from a place of like, you can have your opinion and I can have mine. And that's okay. That's the beauty of this. But like, let's treat each other with respect. And we can still be valuable people. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Exactly. 
I, how I started that sentence, I didn't really finish my thought. I don't think, I think I kind of like veered off, but I, I was bullied so much this year from both ends. I had people coming into my DMs being like, that has no place here. I'm unfollowing you. And then I had people from the complete opposite side who were like, you're not talking about it enough. I'm unfollowing you. And they were like, you haven't addressed it at all. And I really urge people with the creators that you follow to remember you don't see all of their content. And, and remember as a creator that people don't see all of your content. And so repeat yourself and also understand even when you repeat yourself, people aren't going to see that stuff. And that's okay. And if that's the case, then those people like there it's, I'm not keeping you here against your will. Like You're more than welcome. If I'm not your flavor, like, please go find someone else who is, and you're going to be happier and I'm going to be happier and yes. we can all go about our life. Like, I think that's an interesting thing, but I think in a social media context, because we both put a lot of our life online and we share a lot of things organically. And I think we're both like open books. You want to ask a question, go for it. Like, I'm happy to hear you out. Like, but because of that, sometimes that does get kind of bridges on getting taken advantage of. So that's where the boundaries come into play of like, here's what I'll talk on. And this is not for that, you know? So how do you kind of set those limited boundaries within your business so that you're protecting yourself as well? I don't know that I've ever had a specific thought process with it where it's like, this is the line. I try to be very in tune with how I feel. And a big thing that is really, I've had a hard time as I've evolved online. I, I try not to share very much of my personal relationships, my friendships, unless that friend is already publicly online. Because I have a lot of friends who are teachers, who are in the medical field, who do, who are very, very close friends, but I don't share them online at all because that opens them up to a whole nother and so there are a lot of lines there and a lot of things that I don't share. There's a whole picture there. And so just emphasizing what's important to you and what feels right to you. It's your space on the internet and you don't have to do anything you don't exactly. want to. And knowing that while staying clear to your values, I think the other trap people can fall into is like, they see someone and they're like, oh, I want to do what you're doing, Joe. Like, you're so successful. You're this, you're that. They've painted this picture of you, right? Like this one dimensional from whatever it is that you share online, right? Like we just talked about, doesn't show, you're not showing your friendships because that doesn't fit, right? With And that's that's the boundary, right? And that's totally, it's same with me with relationships or like I'm living at home. Don't love to advertise that like huge, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's where I'm at in my life and it's just not content I want to make, you know? But I think that having those boundaries it also kind of, the flip side of that is like seeing somebody else and then idolizing them so much. So feeling like you want to make content like them because that's the only path that you see for being successful. So how do you give advice to someone who says like, oh, well, what, I'm just going to do what you do. Or how do you do what you do instead of just kind of putting the blinders on? That's kind of a complicated question. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. So first things first, I would say some people, that's how they learn. Yeah, true. And so I never tell people not to do that. And I am not the type to get, not that I have never gotten jealous or upset about somebody reiterating things that I've done. I have, and I'll be the first to admit it. But I try really hard to realize that if somebody's imitating you and is able to imitate you, then one, it means you're doing something that they love and that they want to imitate, which is beautiful. And two, if they're able to imitate you and um, value, like get the same value that you are, it's time for you to evolve if you're a mover and shaker. So it doesn't impact me negatively. And maybe that's their process of how they're going to eventually go, okay, this is what works for me. This doesn't. So if that's working for them, you can take that path. 
Now, I would kind of throw it back to, we talked about this on Instagram Live a little bit, but I really do compare it to high school me. And that's, that's how I try and compare it to people that I'm talking with. Because I think a lot of us can relate to feeling like the reject in high school. Because the thing is, there were how many girls that were, or, or boys who were popular? You know, like 95% of us weren't popular, <laughs> you know? And that's okay. That doesn't mean the popular kids were bad or, you know, they were wonderful. But, and they have their own thing going. But there were a lot of us that weren't who tried to imitate behaviors in order to be cool. And I use that as an example because social media is no different. When you're imitating behaviors of people who have already succeeded, are you really making your own path and ending up where you want to go? And that's the example I use for people just because I think it's easy to relate to. And you go, oh, yeah, because I think people find that they're happiest when they feel fulfilled and they start finding a creative process and a path and, and a job that they love just because it connects with them, not because of it putting them in a certain category. Yes. And without getting into the woo woo, but when you are working and creating from a place of alignment, like those so many more doors open Yeah, because it feels limiting. Like it feels like putting the bumpers up on the bowling lane where it's like, I can really only play within this lane. It's like, no, you're going to play so much better. (laughs) Yeah. Cause you're not going to fall off on either side because you don't have these boundaries, you know, like you don't have these, and you, you can see your path more clearly when you're not getting distracted by over here, over there, what somebody else is doing, you know, like, and it's, that's a hard thing, I think, for anyone. I think it's just like human nature that we, we are like also societally like conditioned to want success and to want to be like held in high regard. Like, that's a very natural human thing. But how you get there, I think, is where it gets muddy. Yeah. And it makes perfect sense that, oh, that person to me, I deem successful. So I am going to recreate the behaviors that I receive and perceive them to have. It makes perfect of sense. Of course. But but I think truly happiness and all of that, I think that's the biggest thing I learned in the wedding industry. There were all these girls who their pictures looked perfect. So their day looked happy. So I want that. And then they would get done with their day. And they're like, it wasn't what I was expecting. Because they weren't focusing on the emotion and the the happiness of the event, they were focusing on making it look happy and making it look perfect rather than how it would feel. So true. And the same happens with brand design. I think the same happens in a lot of arenas where if somebody comes to me and they say, I'm obsessed with this brand and I want my brand to look like that. To me, that's a huge red flag. Cause like, we're not getting at the crux of what makes you different, unique, special, like really what makes you good at your job. And that's my job. I think as a designer is to like kind of pull that out. Like we can absolutely look at references. Like that is part of the homework. It's like, let's look for visual inspiration. But I think it's, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're going to just try to copy paste, obviously, not only is it horribly wrong, but you're doing yourself a disservice, like, and you're doing your clients a disservice to just do whatever you see everybody else is doing. Doing. Well, and somebody's already doing that. Yeah, exactly. So somebody already has somewhere that they can see that. Be you. Exactly. And I can't stress that enough is whoever you are, like listening to this, wherever you are, you have value, so much value. And you have a perspective, literally no one else on planet earth can share. Not a one. There is something unique and special about you that you have to share. And there's a reason you're here. So find what that is, whatever makes you joyful, sets your soul on fire, makes you feel fired up and ready to go, makes you happy, makes you laugh till you cry, go after that. 
and don't let anybody tell you any different. And you don't have to do it by yourself either. That's what I love about social media too, is like, I created this whole Instagram show because I just wanted to interview other designers. I had no reason to talk to them. They weren't going to hire me. I wasn't going to hire them, but like, I needed a reason to reach out. <laughs> like, can, like, can we just be friends? Like, can, we, can I interview you about your process? Like, I'm just super curious. And it, it was such a cool way to like, create framework around this collaboration idea because now they may serve a client way better than I could. And I very happily give them the referral and it works the other way around too. And you just hit the nail on the head with creative community. I think we get so competitive and Mm. we don't want to talk to each other about things, but at the end of the day, there is endless business out there. Endless. And if you're good at what you do, that business, you will be supplied with enough business. And so making the connection and helping others and being good advocates for one another and supporting each other and creating a community only betters everyone involved. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. We could talk probably for hours, hours, but great segue. How can we support you? If someone's like, Joe, you're speaking my language. I love everything you're doing. Like, how can people find you? Buy your presets, come to your website, podcasts. What you got? So the biggest things for me, um, engaging with Instagram content, talking to me, finding me on TikTok, listening to my podcast. Yay. I love my podcast and we're still very new. We just started last July and that's definitely been a passion project for me that I'm really enjoying um, and I'd love to be able to do more with. So Middle Ground Podcast, definitely check that out. And all in all, the biggest thing I will say, I don't know that this is helping me, but the biggest message I like to say during times like this is wherever you live and whoever you are, go out of your way to try and support your local businesses right now too. Yeah. Whether that be a creator online or local restaurants or local shops and retail, um, even if you don't have any money to spend, going to their content, sharing, liking, doing things like that, it's invaluable. And you're making people's day with something that takes so little time from you. Yes, absolutely. I'm so with you on that message. And it really does... Uh, help to kind of keep that whole machine going, right? Like our, our our communities are the core of like who we are and what we do and how we can help people. And I think it's something that gets overlooked. So that was a very, very uh, fitting PSA to end the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. It was so lovely. We're definitely going to be in touch and I can't wait to see where you take things next because I know it's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For show notes on what we've discussed today, links to anything that might be relevant, go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all the happy stuff wherever you listen to podcasts. And come join us in the Facebook group, Kiss My Aesthetic. We would love to see you there. Have a great day.